Welcome to Tournament Talk on AmateurGolf.com. This is Pete Lukowski. I am really excited that we're going to be expanding Tournament Talk this year to be a bi-weekly series, and we're going to record some of the key players in the game. And I'm not just talking about tournament golfers themselves. I'm talking about people that run big events, sponsors of those events, people that run the courses, that host those events, and it's going to go on from there. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. So this week... We have Dan Sullivan, and Dan was a semifinalist in the U.S. Mid-Amateur in 2016 and 2017. Top-ranked amateur, even playing late into his 40s and early 50s now. Dan has won the Pasadena City Championship twice. Beautiful golf course, Brookside, in the shadows of the Rose Bowl, holds this tournament every year. And we got involved with the tournament this year and decided... There's nobody better to talk to about the Pasadena City than Dan Sullivan. So sit back and listen to our interview with Dan, and welcome to Tournament Talk. Uh, Pete from Amateur Golf, and I am very fortunate to have with me a special guest from Pasadena, Dan Sullivan. And before um, we break into the, um, the podcast itself... Just a little background on Dan. I mean, Dan uh, has been SCGA Player of the Year in Southern California. is one of the top golf associations for competition in the country. And three times, 2013, 16, and 17. And a lot of points came to him in 2016 and 17 from being in the semifinals of the U.S. Mid-Amateur. Just two matches, really two matches away from being in the Masters. So, um not everybody gets a chance to play to the point where they're there. And, and I believe, Dan, I'm going to break this over to you, but the years you made the semifinals, we had Stuart Hegestad won it one year and Matt Parziali won it in 17. Uh, did you play either of those players? I believe you did at least one of them in the semifinals. I played Parziali in 2017 in Atlanta. Yeah, in Atlanta, and that was you know you had a you had a good match with him, and and if you if you if you beat him, you're into the uh, into the finals. So um, first of all, welcome to AmateurGolf.com to the podcast. We're going to talk about Pasadena, and one reasons we have you on is to talk about sort of the resurgence of the Pasadena City Championship, which you've won um, a couple of times. Is it three or two times that you've won that? Uh, two times. Yeah, 2014 and 2016, right? Yeah, that is correct. There you go. So, and you're from Pasadena. So, I don't know. Like, start me off a little bit on Pasadena and golf, and what it's like to live there. Uh, you've got the Rose Bowl there. You've got, you know, the whole town changes for a couple of days or more than a couple of days. What's it like to live there, play golf at Brookside, and give me a little back background on the on the city of Pasadena and and how uh, football and golf and and the Tournament of Roses are all connected. Okay. Um, well, as you mentioned, um, the golf course being in such close proximity to the Rose Bowl um, has, you know, been in existence for a long time. They've had quite a relationship together, uh, as I'm sure you and everybody else is aware. Uh, several times a year, it's used as a parking lot for games at the Rose Bowl. Um, the city of Pasadena owns both venues by way of the Rose Bowl Operating Committee. Um, they generally have been um, helpful as it relates to managing the golf course. I think they hopefully will continue to be. Um, the SCGA and Craig Kessler and Kevin Fitzgerald have been very instrumental in being involved with both the RBOC and the golf course itself. 
myself in trying to, um, I guess, forge as positive a relationship between the RBOC and the golf course as possible because historically the golf course has been a great source of revenue for the Rose Bowl Stadium itself, which has gone through several, well, at least most recently, a significant renovation, which um, costs upwards, I want to say, of $150 million. And, you know, recouping that revenue is not easy. And the golf course historically has, has been a very good source of revenue for, and very consistent source of revenue for the stadium. So um, I think they have been good partners. I hope that they will continue to be good partners. Um, the golf course, as you know, uh, especially course one, has a lot of history with all of the professional tournaments there. The LA Open's been there. Um, you know, the Pasadena City, as you mentioned, has an 85 plus or minus year history. Um, so, you know, golf in Pasadena has has a long history, and uh, we're hoping that with the resurgence of the Pasadena City, that we'll continue that trend. Yeah. And now, how long have you lived in Pasadena, Dan? Uh, I've lived in Pasadena or the area pretty much my entire life. I actually technically grew up in San Marino, which is right next door to Pasadena. I grew up playing golf at Hannondale, which is just on the other side of the hill west of uh, Rose Bowl and Brookside. Um, I played my high school golf in La Cunada, and our home course was course two. Um, I've played in the Pasadena City probably since... I don't know, 1997 or 98, um, so 22, 23 years that I played there. Um, so I've, I've pretty much grown up playing golf in and around Pasadena. And it is beautiful. I mean, there's you know, beautiful craftsman homes and uh, just driving around the facility to realize that you're playing in the shadow of the Rose Bowl and you know the holes and the, um, the scenic, you know, kind of the foothills of the mountains, it's really a pretty area to play golf and they're they seemingly uh, really maintain the course well they're trying to um, as uh, you know David and some of the people we we've been involved with there said you know they may park cars on it but they have an amazing uh, staff to make sure that that doesn't take its toll on the golf course and you know there's a there's a routing to where the cars park so they're just not totally trashing greens and things like that but um, you know, I've, I've heard stories of things getting found on the golf course that uh, that are quite interesting after games, a full television, things like that. Uh, give me some fun stories for you playing after uh, after the parking lot uh, and maybe getting out for a round of golf. Uh, I would say probably the first story that comes to mind is this probably happened four or five years ago. Um, I believe it was a men's club tournament, and it was – day after a UCLA football game. It was a UCLA night football game, so the game started at 7.30. Probably didn't end until 10.30 or 11. Um, we came out the next morning, which was a Sunday, ready to hit balls, and there was hurricane fencing line basically about 20 yards in front of the hitting bays all the way across the driving range and then surrounding the range itself, obviously to keep people, foot traffic from walking across the range, across the putting greens, et cetera. So great that the fencing was there, at least at the time, but not so great when we show up the next morning and um, you know, you've got hurricane fencing that you got to wait for them to dismantle before we can actually hit ball. So that probably is one of the one of the most recent memories. There, there have been a few times where we've come out and the grounds crew either hasn't gotten out or hasn't completed their um, – 
cleanup of the golf course, which I'm sure you can imagine what that looks like. The thing that probably I remember the most over the years is not so much visual, but smell. I mean, it, you can smell, if you were to close your eyes and walk out there after a game, it smells completely different. And I don't mean just trash, but you know, beer spilled all over the place. It's, it's, it takes a few days for the golf course to recover, notwithstanding what Dave says about the quality of the, of the um, crew that comes out there. And, and by all means, they do a great job, uh, but it, it, it takes a while for the course to recover from a game day. So, and, and for the Rose Bowl game day, it probably takes you know two or three weeks because right. you know, you've got a full house and they're packing not just the cars on it, but they've got, you know, the tents and they've got the you know little village for all the um, alumni and it, it's it's a circus on New York, on New Year's Day. Well, I want some pictures this year. I'm going to ask you to take me some pictures. But in the meantime, <laughs> you know, this is the thing: the golf course probably wouldn't be there if it didn't have a purpose of parking cars. So really, you know, I called it a symbiotic relationship because that's a small price to pay for having what I think is a gorgeous course you know, public. And we went out there, we were there at nine in the morning and the golf swings that we saw on the range and the amount of balls that were already hit on the, on the, on the practice facility, which is great. It's right there by the restaurant. The food is great. It's, um, it's a really a, a wonderful facility and obviously historic over the years that you've played, you've seen this tournament in its heyday. And you've also seen the tournament dwindled to where it needs to be resuscitated a little bit and we have 150 players registered this year so it's already well on its road to um to a, a full comeback but um the heyday what are some of the things you remember about some of the characters that played out there and what do you what would you guess was the biggest field when you played in the pasadena city yourself dan uh championship flight or, or total the whole thing yeah in, including uh, pr- breaking probably- it down probably around 220 players um, where you had maybe 160 or 70 in the championship flight and then another, you know, 100 or so or not even 70 or 80 in, in the net flights. Um, that Those years, they only used course one. Um, I, I think it was a big improvement to the tournament both from a pace of play standpoint but also from, you know, just a variety of, of of playing a different golf course standpoint, I want to say they probably made this change 10 to 12 years ago where they added course two to the rotation. So now, uh, although now it's a three year, three day tournament, but back when it was four days, it was one round on course one run, one round on course two, and then two rounds on course one, if you made the cut and the cut was hard to make, you had to shoot probably, you know, three, four five over on course one from the tips, which, is you know 7200 yards and change and they put the pins in some tight spots and they play most of the tees all the way back and um you know winning scores usually ended up being around par or slightly below or slightly above um so you had to play some golf to win that tournament and obviously you know a lot of great players between the locals like tim hogarth you had you know a lot of other players who came through who um, went on to good amateur careers. I know Ed Fiore won one year, who's obviously very famous for his defeat of Tiger Woods, uh, you know, when Tiger was an up-and-coming professional. So it's had a great history and 
and uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun to be involved in at least the last 20 some odd years that I played in it. Well, and you were entry number 15 this year, which you might not have been entry <laughs> one, but that's still pretty good, Dan. I'm proud of you. Um, you know, you are going to be a senior golfer in probably less time than you'd like, but is a good thing there because when you get 55, um, you're going to be very good against these guys. I mean, there's some great talent, but uh, you're going to be right in the national mix if you want to. But also, you have a career. And one of the things I like about the way you do your competitive golf is you seek the national championships, a lot of the USGA things, obviously, you know, having made the mid-am in 2016, 17, 18. I mean, it, sometimes that's impressive in its own. Uh, but also, you play the city championships. And what, what would you say for a guy that can compete nationally is a reason why these city championships and events in the regional um, basis are important to you and your game? Because if I can compete even in city championships in Southern California, I can compete on a national level because there are so many good, both, you know, especially in the city championships, which are all ages, um, you know, you're, you're playing against a lot of really talented high school and some college players, and, and maybe they're not, you know, nationally recognized players right now, but I can tell you that in the coming years, you'll see a lot of these names playing in college, and maybe a few of them end up playing professionally. So if, if I can play well in the city stuff and the SCGA stuff and anything locally in California, then I can compete anywhere in the, in the country, in my opinion. And, and I, I agree, and I think for, for somebody that isn't as good enough to play in some of the national events, if they can stretch their game at some of these city championships, they've got a better chance of going home and winning their club championship or something like that. So I've already noticed since we got involved, we've had not only some of our members from Southern California, but we have some Northern Cal people coming down. And I think, you know, part of cross-pollinating in California is that um, it's awareness. So if they're aware that the Pasadena City is a really good event at a really good venue, come down and play. Um, any recommendations on where to stay or what to enjoy while you're in Pasadena for players? What you know, reasons to come down, maybe with a spouse or a girlfriend, to the area? Uh, well, it's, it's Southern California. I mean, what's not polite? We have you know hundreds of millions of visitors here every year. Um, the weather's great. If you're a golfer, obviously between not just the Pasadena City golf courses, but you have a lot of good local um, public courses between LA County courses, LA City courses. If you want to go down to San Diego, you know Torrey Pines, Balboa, Coronado. Um, if you're bringing your spouse and your family, you know, Pasadena has a great old town area with restaurants and shops and hotels. Um, you know, you can, you can spend as much or as little time as you want playing golf when you come visit Pasadena. So uh, there's, there's definitely no shortage of things to do for the golfer and non-golfer. Well, and, and you, you said it well. So I, I think that um, hopefully some of those people will do that. Um, golf doesn't have to be a, just, a, just a guy playing and leaving his family. Um, there's a lot of people that, uh, that do bring um, their, their spouse's significant other along. 
And, um, you know, along those lines, uh, it's March and the tournament's coming up here uh, March 20th. And uh, it's three days, 36 holes. If you make the cut, it's 54. So, it, you know, 54 if you if you survive the cut for a very good entry fee of $180 to play in, in this tournament. Everybody gets a nice tee prize. What I've been impressed with, Dan, is how this year a whole committee came together of people, including the golf course. The first tee benefits from this as well. Um, the Rose Bowl people are involved. Everybody that's gotten together and um, kind of pulled this together to come through and then just adding AmateurGolf.com and, and uh, people like yourself that I know you're spreading the word. So uh, I want to wish you the best of luck with your game. I know you have a career. You should give a shout out to your employer that uh, is good to you for playing golf. What do you do for a living, Dan? Uh, I am a commercial real estate lender for Manufacturers Bank, and I've been here for a little over two years, and they are extremely understanding and flexible with my schedule to allow me to play in these tournaments. So uh, very happy to work there and very grateful uh, for that uh, flexibility. Yeah, I mean, in the old days, it, the, the statement was behind every good man, there's a good woman. But I think behind every good amateur golfer, there's an understanding employer. And, you know, that hopefully understands that, that when you make the U.S. Mid-Am and you're going match to match, that is you know, good for your confidence. It's good for your personal brand. And, you know, it, it, whether they're golfers or not, uh, they see the value of it. I mean, particularly when we see you competing on national TV, uh, which which I know I've watched you play on TV. So um, thanks for being on AmateurGolf.com, Dan. Looking forward to seeing you in March, okay? Great. Thank you for having me, Pete. I appreciate it. To learn more about the Pasadena City Amateur Golf Championships, visit AmateurGolf.com. <laughs>